Welcome back to the Hour Time Show. I'm your host, Victor, and joining me is the one and only Nick DeLeon. This is the show by Watch Geeks for Watch Geeks. Let's take it away, Nick. Victor, how are you? I am amazing. I've got news. You have news. Well, I have news. I have. There is news in the watch world. That's useful on a news podcast about or, watch. or something. Yeah. So MBNF, Max Busser and Friends, has released images of a new watch. Now, do you, are you familiar with MBNF? I am not familiar with that brand. Okay. So Max and Friends, Max Busser and Friends. Max designs a watch sometimes with with the help of other designers, and then he gets it built sometimes with the help of other other builders uh, in partnerships, basically. And they're always very interesting orological creations. They are, they are works of art as much as they are time tellers. And this latest one is encased in, in what appears to be like a sapphire case. It has two balance wheels. It has um, a very interesting... So one of the things Max does is instead of having the time flat on your wrist, he will have it up so that you have to actually look down the side of your wrist, look down the edge of your wrist to see the time. I'm looking at photos of it now, and I was asking to confirm, this is a watch, correct? I'm looking at this. It looks like some sort of steampunk creation. What does it look like? Uh, Oh, (laughs) I guess I didn't see that initially. Yeah, what's it look like? It looks like a part of the human anatomy, I guess. Uh, It looks like a part of the male anatomy, male reproductive anatomy. Yes, it does. Which yep. is, I guess, that's that's the, neat. The two, the two balance wheels are arranged where you might find testes, for example. Yes, that is literally what it is. <laughs> this I mean, is the diabolical fun, yes. anatomical podcast, everyone. So that is that is the MBNF watch, which I mean, if you've got one hundred and twenty thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand, it's somewhere in that range. I forget exactly, but that's typical pricing for an MBNF is to be about that that hundred hundred twenty thousand kind of. The price I'm seeing. Uh, is four hundred and forty thousand U.S. dollars. Okay, so if it's that price, it's because of the sapphire case. Because making a sapphire case is difficult. His metal case ones tend to be less. This is interesting. I've never had this reaction before. Like just the watch alone, just macro shots of the watch. I would just say it just looks kind of strange. Uh, but then there are some photos of it actually on wrist, and it still looks a little strange. But it looks less strange it 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 is crossed from like that's a weird thing to like yeah that's kind of cool i obviously don't have half a million dollars on a you know fun well then what good are you i yeah maybe i should just resign but it that it is an interesting to see the transformation from mac random macro like what is that to wrist shot all right that's kind of cool yeah no it's a it's a cool watch it's a very cool watch but you you have to accept that you are wearing that on your wrist there are tons of other mbnfs that are amazing and don't do that look so you have to want that look and that's okay. yeah well for sure you have to how do you accidentally <laughs> I, I tripped and fell and this thing landed on my wrist i don't know what yeah, i don't know I just <laughs> i just picked it up you know was just kind of browsing amazon and, and clicked buy yeah that's not that think, don't think that's going to happen here yeah well i mean not the, for the first time right people who've put on an apple watch and and just clicked through and accidentally bought an xbox <laughs> Has it happened? I could see that it, happening. it happened the first with the first Apple Watch because eBay and Amazon both let you shop directly from the watch face. And so someone was reviewing it on camera and accidentally tapped buy and they bought an Xbox live on camera. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Let's talk about Zenit for a moment. You familiar with Zenit? Yes, I am familiar with Zenit. Uh, I had heard about them uh, early in my watch journey and I'm now on the 
Zena press list. So I get all the emails. Okay. So I, I have an idea of what you're going to talk about, but let's let like get last to- time we talked about this this Zenit recreation that was using a case borrowed from their catalogs of the past, and they'd yes. strapped it to the landing gear of an airplane and proved that they could fly that sucker across the transatlantic ocean and uh, transatlantic flight and land with it on the landing gear, and it was fine. And John was completely unimpressed with all of that. He was very unimpressed. He's like, why? There's nothing to prove there. And I thought the changing the extreme temperatures and the shock of the landing gear. No, nope, nothing. He didn't care. He's seen everything. He's seen it all. Yes. So they have made, and they're, they're, this is how they're building. I'm just going to tell you. This is the Chronomaster Sport. It's faster. It's sleeker. It's sportier than ever with an evolved El Primero caliber measuring one-tenth of a second. So El Primero, in case you didn't know, is the tricompacts. The 369 register chronograph movement that Zenit has made for years. This the So the stories for Zenit is this. They made these movements uh, through the late 60s into the 70s a little bit, and then the quartz crisis hit, and they mothballed it. They were, they were told to destroy all of the parts for manufacturing the chronograph. Didn't know that part. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was, we don't need that stuff. We'll be making quartz watches. We're never going to need that stuff again. Get rid of it. Throw it out. Destroy it. And one lone guy at Zenit, one lone watchmaker, couldn't bear to do it. It broke his heart. He was not able to throw it out. And so he, at the end of his workday, basically, and I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing the story a little bit, but it's basically this story, would sneak the boxes up to the attic in the workshop in Zenit. And he hid up there without anyone knowing all of the parts, all of the tooling, all of the blueprints for how to make the chronograph. Because Zenit was was the first to make an automatic chronograph. This was their claim. And so he hid all of this stuff away. He brought it up to the attic and he, he hid it away where no one would look, where no one would know, and no one would notice. And it stayed up there for years. And Zenit changed hands over time. They, they at one point were even owned by Zenith, the TV manufacturer in America. Really? I definitely did not know that. Oh, yes. The Zenith TV manufacturer bought Zenit the watch company. They're spelled the same. Seemed like a good brand idea. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Why uh, not? They did not continue to own the brand. They, they sold it off again. But after several years, people started ma- you know, selling automatic watches in number again. And, and the, the Zenit people were like, damn, you know, we, we used to do that. And this guy said, actually, I'm a little embarrassed, but I, I saved all that stuff. You what? We told you to destroy it. Yeah, I know, but I saved it all. And they, they went up to the attic and they pulled it all back down and they started making them again. And Zenit, when Rolex no longer could get the Valjoux 72 and wanted to have an automatic movement for the Daytona. Well, they, they had no automatic chronograph movement of their own at that time. So there was a whole generation of Rolex Daytona that used the, the Rolex Caliber 4130 that was essentially a Zenith El Primero, a Zenith El Primero. And they were able to do that because this guy saved everything. That's actually a so, remarkable. So this guy not only saved Zenith for the thing that they were known for, but he also saved the Rolex Daytona by extension. With all that epic story being told here, with all that epic story being told here, Zenit is going one further. So El Primero is, is you know, Zenit wants you to know that it has this reputation of being the chronograph that combines the the, the spirit of Zenit, right? It's, it's been the thing. It's a high-frequency performance caliber. It's the, the, the best of the best as far as they're concerned. And they've made it better. And so it's now ultra-precise. It, it has even more performance. It's got a one-tenth of a second display and that's that's pretty epic. I mean, yeah, no. A, a totally valid question is like, what do you even time with chronograph? 
yeah, I've often thought about, and and this this may be a larger, uh, you know, the 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 what is the not what is the point, but like using your chronograph to I don't I don't even know what you're I'll tell you I'll tell you what you do when your so, phone is right there, you know. No, no, but I'll I'll tell you. So for, forget your phone for a minute. Uh, people that use chronographs were traditionally auto racers, was one use. Um, another's use was to time swim laps or, you know, track and field. Okay. Right. And another use was, um, I actually knew a guy who used it to time his parking meters, like wanted to go insert another quarter kind of thing. Okay. That's, but that's it, a, it's a real world use. It's a real yeah. world use. But obviously if you were timing swim laps, you would use a dedicated digital chronometer, right? You would, you would use a chronograph with, with large buttons. And, and, you know, people used to make those in mechanical form as well before the digital ones came to be. But, but that's what it's for. Like, like all watches, it's expensive jewelry. But this is a nice one. It is super nice. Yeah. The product photos they sent over, they've got it uh, kind of staged in like some snow the, yeah. situation. The, the snow with the rocks kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the contrast between the gray of the rocks and the white of the snow. I mean, obviously, it's, it's similar in- to the watch itself. In years past, when it snowed here, I've dropped watches into the snow and taken a photo. And by dropped, I mean set gently. But um, I've, I've I've staged photographs for wristwatch review using the snow because hey, it looks nice. It does look nice. You, you rarely do you get that sort of like you know pure kind of white background <laughs> that's natural. It has texture to it, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the the other thing about this watch is I I don't know exactly what its pricing is. I don't either, actually. But I tell I, I I would bet you, I would bet you right now that its pricing is probably half what you'd pay for a Daytona. Is that a fair? I mean, those things are. Do they exist? Really? I mean, I guess they technically. They're, they. If you had twenty grand, you could probably buy one. I've always heard that you need to be like best friends with your AD to even. Yes, and it's so stupid. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's that dumb. that kind of exclusivity. You, you can get one. It's possible to get a Daytona. They, they it's not easy. But okay, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, uh, Hodinkee reports uh, ten thousand dollars on a bracelet for this, uh, for this for, for a Daytona. Yeah, no, 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 ten no, 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 k for the Zenit. Yeah, yeah, so so I'm right. If I was saying twenty k for a Daytona, ten k for the Zenit. Yeah, yeah, and the right. Zenit is a beautiful watch. I mean, I like it a lot. I like it a lot, a lot. You get a you get a black ceramic bezel, you get uh, the tri compacts layout that I enjoy. It, everything about this just says, yeah, that's right to me. Yeah, no, I'm trying to see where I'd be like, uh, I don't like that. No, I don't. I don't have any of those feelings. <laughs> the, the side profile of the lugs, maybe they they end a little stubby and they're cut back a little bit at an angle. Not quite my first choice. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see that. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll take over John's. I'll allow it gimmick. Yeah, I'll allow that criticism. <sighs> but otherwise, brilliant. No, it's super nice. Uh, is this out now? Is this coming out? It's just announced. The sub, the sub the sub registers are in blue anthracite and light gray, which is a thing that that Zen has been doing for years and years. Like that's their shtick. It's a good shtick. All right. I want to move on. I don't want to bore people about chronograph. So let's let's talk about something you can afford, Nick. All righty. All right. So my mate, Patrick, my good man, Patrick, wrote an article about a thing called a Bia Rosie. Yes. I read that earlier this week. Yeah. It is a 38 millimeter dive watch kind of thing with a quartz movement, Japanese quartz movement, and a fully loomed dial. 
Yes. I'm looking on at it right now. 125 bucks. 225 for this. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So maybe, so maybe ask, it's just the color of the dial that's throwing you. It's the off. color of the dial that's throwing you. But let me let me ask you another question here. Sure. When you look at this watch, do you recognize any other watch in it? Do you see anything? Not offhand, no. You you and Patrick both missed this step. This is a Tag Heuer Aqua Racer. Yeah, now that you've said it, okay. I hit up Google Images and look at the Aqua Racer. My Twitch username is named after the uh Tag Heuer Carrera, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some trivia. I, I do not yeah. follow you on Twitch yet, so there we go. Uh, I don't have any followers. I'm, it's a problem. <laughs> I don't really use it. It's just a fun trivia. Yeah, I, I guess I could see I could see that now that you've mentioned it. It's got it the same 18, 18-sided bezel. Yeah. It's got that same bezel. It's got the same indices. It's got more or less the same hands. And there have been fully loomed dial aqua racer. This, this thing is a budget aqua racer. It is. I, yeah. Also, that fully loomed dial, I don't know that I love that either, actually. <laughs> so that, that comes from a 1980s Hoyer thing um, on the Hoyer 1000 Professional that was a, they called it the Night Diver, and it was really cool back then. And uh, NTH has done it with one of their watches. They've done the fully loomed dial. Um, I think they called it Santa Fe. And it's a cool thing when you do it in that sort of vintage way of doing it. Both Tag and these guys get it a little bit, unappealing in their their current it looks a little toyish it it, uh well and that's partly the color they chose even like even like the the quality of the illuminate like i I don't know there's something toyish it's fine look it's a 200 dollars. you know so 225 bucks here's here's the thing it's not a tag hoyer because the hands aren't may aren't diamond cut with with you know sharply polished edges and the indices aren't diamond cut with sharply polished edges. if they'd done that if they'd gone ahead and and spent the money on the dial on the hands, it, it would seriously up this watch's game. But they didn't. So for 225 bucks, from five feet away, it looks like a tag. And if you're okay with that, then this is the watch for you. Yeah, I could see that. It's certainly a unique look. Like, I don't have anything. And I think I've mentioned before, I have too many, like, $300 watches. <laughs> I don't have anything that looks like that at all. Well, That's so, like, so well, hey, a, a, you're a candidate for it now. But B, um, this leads me to our next topic that I wanted to talk about real fast. My my thought, I had this this brainwave. I was talking with uh, with one of our, our forums readers, or one of our site readers, actually, one of our forums, one of our site readers, and we, we said, what what could you get as a whole watch collection for less than the price of a Rolex? Which Rolex? I mean, well, yes, obviously, you could pick. You know, are you talking about the seven thousand or seven thousand eight thousand dollar Milgauss, or are you talking about a ten thousand dollar sub? You know, if you said that a watch collection needed to consist of a sport watch, a dress watch. Uh, a field watch and a GMT or, or a chronograph, right? Throw, throw in these different types of watches that you would need in a collection, right? A dress watch, a diver, a chronograph, you know, pick your four, whatever watches. What would you assemble as a collection that would be still less than the price of one Rolex? And I was thinking about this and my answer was, you know, what if you had a, you know, so my dive watch, I love the Oris Diver 65 in the, in the 39, 40 millimeter size. I had the chance to go to a Red Bar event and I held it up next to a 1958 Rolex 6536 Submariner. And it was striking just how similar those two watches were. Like they were, they were super close. And the, even the riveted bracelet felt like it was the same kind of dimensions and it just wore so comfortably. So I would have that Oris. That Oris was about 1500 bucks, let's say. Okay. Okay. And then, 
so now I've got my, my dive watch. Then I would say like a, a seagull chronograph with the two register panda dial. So it's a Chinese chronograph, but basically the Chinese cloned a, a real at a movement at one point in their life, Valjou movement at one point in their life. And so this is a eh, competent movement. They put decent ones in their own watches. Fine. For 130 bucks, let's say I've got a chronograph. And then I would get the Hampton Nanak, which is a day-date watch using a Salita day-date. So you get a Swiss movement day-date. And then I would go with the Grand Seiko GMT, which is a quartz watch, but is a darn fine, well-made one. Like one of the things that Seiko gets right, and we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Seiko and Citizen, is that Seiko gets the finishing so right. Like everything about that, they 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 just know how to finish a case and their hands are beautiful. And so I would get the Grand Seiko GMT. And that's four watches that I could have for less than the price of one Rolex. And I've got two Swiss movements, a chronograph, and a Grand Seiko. It's a good collection. I'm saying. <laughs> it's good, yeah. I got I got a kind of dressy watch. I got a sport yeah. watch. I got a, how does that not work? <laughs> I uh, I will say this is one of my favorite topics to to read about or to watch YouTube videos about. It's like uh, the collection. We, we give you a budget, you know, and, you know, hit, hit me with your best. I'm trying to think what would I – now, obviously, I'm not as familiar with the breadth of watch brands that, that you guys are. Uh, but I think I would have – in terms of a diver, let's see. I don't know. I am I am partial to just kind of the, the Seiko uh, – I do like the Turtle – could be the uh, let's you're gonna, say you're going to do a turtle or an SKX. That was that was, I don't know. That's that's a real. That's almost like a religious question. It's like, what do you? <laughs> which one do you believe in more? Uh, mm-hmm. I like the turtle. I like the cushion. Okay, case. okay. That, you're going to do a turtle. Let's let's. Yeah, it's not a cushion case. It's not the right term for it. But but the turtle case. Not, yeah. I've heard that. Okay, cushion case is a Panerai. It's a square case that's that's been sort of thinned at the corners so that it's like a couch cushion. I've always heard the turtle described. I believe you. I, I defer to your expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the turtle is not a cushion case. Whoever's telling All you right. is wrong. All right. Well, they're wrong, Nick. They're wrong. They're Come incorrect. On. Let's see. All right. So we'll pick the turtle. That sounds good. In terms of, hmm, I also like. I, I like a. I like a Flieger. I think that was my one of my first kind of watches that I kind of wanted. I. I I think I was watching uh what was that show? Man of the Man of the High Castle. Well show mm-hmm. you know, novel uh, on Amazon and one of the guys had a flieger and I was like, that's a cool no, this is before I knew anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you just looked and said that. Yeah, that I need that. Right what is that thing? What is so that? I like that and I would probably if if the budget is like ten ish, I think I'll make my nice one maybe the uh the Spitfire, the IWC Spitfire. Uh I think that's like five ish. Interesting, interesting address watch. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's kind of, it's a flea. It's 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 probably the night. It's certainly the nicest flea that I'm aware of. I guess well, uh, it's certainly not wrong. <laughs> There's no yeah. question, right? It's uh, yeah. I've always no, no one's it. saying, oh, you bought the IWC. That's yeah, such I mean, a shame. No, yeah, no one's yeah. gonna like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor baby. So all right, oh. I might meet that my nice, my nice <laughs> kind of like flea thing. Uh, what else do we have here? Dress watch. Uh, I feel like I've blown my budget. <laughs> no, 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 no. You still got some cash here. You got like a few more. You got a couple more okay, grand. I, let's say I want the reality is I would like the, the Grand Seiko Snowflake, but I know now, now we're getting close. I think that, so, that almost breaks your budget, doesn't that it? Bas- that basically like, breaks the budget. What are those, four or five? Those are like four or five. 
Uh, they might be. Okay, so let's say that you were you were in for what five for the IWC, and you had another couple hundred for the the turtle, which is a rounding error at this point, and and you added another four or five for the snowflake. So you are very nearly at your budget. What's what's your last call here? I would just I would you know it's it's sort of described in the forums. It's almost like the poor man's uh, snowflake. Uh, the SARX or SARX, I don't know if you pronounce it, the thirty three. Where it's okay. got the white dial, the the ice blue hands. Is that an alpinist kind of thing, or is it? Uh, no, no, it's just the yeah, Sarks. Okay, it's just, just kind of like a, a yeah. Manager. I do. I t- actually own an alpinist, uh, by the oh. way. Uh, right. But I will say, yeah, I think because I want the snowflake, but budgets are a thing. I'm going to go with the Sarks 33. Okay, so now you're you've, you've dropped your total back down to around like six. What are we? Yeah, we're like sixes, give or take. Yeah. I got money in the bank. What you got doing? five and two rounding errors. So, so what's your other watch? You, you got a you got a diver, you got a flieger, you got a dress watch. What's your what's your last one? Uh, see, I don't I don't I don't really even like chronographs. Actually, like, I'm still you don't like, need to have a last watch. You can stop at three and say that's the collection, and you'd be totally set. Maybe a fun, maybe something dumb and fun. Not like an Apple Watch, uh, but like, <laughs> a, but I feel like something something. Like a G shot, or give me like a nice G shot. What's like, yeah? Oh, let's do that. Let's do the nice G shot. What is okay? There, there are a ton of nice G shocks out there. You have choices, right? You could get one of the ones made out of metal, like the steel Mister G. No, 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 no. I, I or I, that sounds. Here's people are going to laugh at me, but one of my favorite G shocks was from several years ago, and it was a partnership they did with a, a group called The Hundreds. They, they've done a few of these, but the first one they did was one where they took a a black case and mixed the strap. So one end of the strap was white and the other end was black. And it was just visually striking. And yeah, I know that's a fashion play, but I liked it because it took the classic G-Shock and made a twist. I, do, I was looking at in the fall, uh, it, there was one... You know, there's the I don't know the model numbers offhand. Excuse me, uh, but there is the there's a kind of the the there's the entry level G Shock that you can just find on Amazon for like I don't know forty dollars or whatever it is. Like and there's the, the model W thing. Yeah, then there's the model up where it has the uh, radio syncing uh, for the for the automatic time setting. So that one is fine. Yeah, They're, they sell one in Japan that is spec spec for spec the same thing, but rather than have the red. The U.S. model has kind of like a red ring around the face, which is uh, I don't know. It, it looks it looks sort of dumb to me. Uh, in Japan, they have one where it's almost like a like a dull kind of gold uh, ring around the face, where it just it's just that much more subdued. Where it's like, okay, that's th- like that. They should have just released that one. That one looks much better. Uh, so I think that and that that was like four or five hundred dollars. So you know, maybe not quite a rounding error, but. St- definitely still under budget, and I actually did want that uh, literally just a couple months ago. So I'll, I'll round out my collection with that. I, I, I'll I'll put the uh, model number in the show notes. Yeah, the GW five six one zero is the hundreds cross G- Casio G Shock, and it's it's basically a regular old G Shock, but half the strap is white and says the hundreds on it, and says you know San Francisco, L.A., New York, whatever. Okay, and yeah, it's 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 very much it's exactly the kind of thing you would find at Hype Beast. <laughs> but but I like it. I like I like that side. I'm I'm allowed, right? I like it. I I put it in the uh, the Slack. You can see the link to it. Oh yeah, all right. There it is. Yeah, no, I like it. That's awesome. Simple. Okay. Well, I'll get the boat. I have enough money. And, boat. and yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can get a couple. Look at that. I did it. I got a fun. Yeah, I feel like you know you have some real you know quote unquote 
real watches. But you need something, you know, if you're going to go outside and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, go for a jog. I don't know. I, I feel like you need a lawn. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that kind of like chores stuff you got to do. Uh, give me a G-Shock. Gosh darn it. <laughs> you can you have a couple. You're still in budget. Yeah, and that's budget. that's awesome because now you've just built a watch collection for under the cost of one super fancy expensive Rolex. It is weird. I'm the proud spell. of you. Yeah. It is weird the spell that that brand yeah. places over folks. It's like, oh. Totally. Well, can we really get into that but, one of these episodes. But also, you you started out by saying you've got like loads of $300 watches and you don't even love any of them, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that is – that is we should address that on another uh, – another podcast soon is like mistakes that you make as a watch new yes because lord knows i've made every single one of them oh yeah uh, yeah i have literally a drawer filled with two to three hundred dollars and they're nice like they're not like you know junk i wouldn't call it a jump but like how often am i wearing you know i'm looking uh, not at all not at all orient like i think i wore that literally twice last year yikes uh, <laughs> i got a couple timex like like I've got a time I don't know even know the model number of hand, but it it's very steampunk looking. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like World War One esque. I think it was kind of model after like, like a trench watch kind of thing. Yeah, it yeah. looks awesome. Like it's cool, but like how am I wearing that uh, a handful of times? So I just have a sea of that. Stop. Yeah, and yeah, and it's 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 kind of dumb actually. If you, if you think <laughs> well, sure, because if you actually sold all of those things or had just kept the money, you could have bought. Yeah. Your IWC, bought, yeah, I could, I could have bought the IWC or the Snowflake, but yeah, these are the these are the things they don't tell you when you get into watches. Like, oh, I, bucks. I would have told you had you listened. Had, and I, you know what? That's the thing. I might not have listened. I was like, yeah, what is? Yeah. You know, I want All right. this. Uh, this uh, I don't know. Well, we are we are all out of time on this show, but we'll be back next week with more where we talk all about what a mistake Nick is. Yes. On oh, next God. week's hour we'll thirty minutes. <laughs> this has been fun I've enjoyed it I yeah, hope you have right. too. so yes thank you folks for listening my name is Nicholas DeLeon I'm Victor Marks and this has been The Hour Time Show 